Good evening, everybody. Episode 103. This is Matt from Don't Unfed. Good evening, everybody. This is Matt from Don't Unfriend Me, episode 103. And sorry for that technical glitch, but I'm not going to start this thing over yet again. I've already done it like 16 times. Audio difficulties, had to reboot, whatever. So you get to see my preparation before the performance of episode 103. It is Tuesday, February 16th, 7.40 p.m. I hope the roses that you received or that you gifted are still alive and doing well that the candy is bountiful and plentiful and you are all just full of love and passion from that valentine's day that i forgot to wish everyone a happy one so from the don't unfriend me team which is essentially me happy valentine's day to everyone may you find true love may you understand that a woman is always right and that when you have kids your life is over as you know it we're going to go over tonight. Well, we've got some interesting ones as always. There is an ice storm going across the United States and it's killing the ragweed allergies that I have, but it has been nonstop. And we were wondering if winter was going to arrive in the Northeast and it most assuredly has, but it has also arrived in the South, specifically Texas and Oklahoma, where quite a few friends reside. And we're going to talk a little bit about the craziness that's going down there. And what is happening? And I'll show you some pictures and some videos. I've got quite a few friends in Houston, and it's not good. And honestly, I'm concerned about my brothers and sisters in Texas. We're going to talk about Pentagon, the Pentagon, not a Pentagon or a pentagram, but the Pentagon, you know, that building that's in D.C. that looks like that. The Pentagon. And what about the Pentagon? Well, we want to specifically talk about burn pits and how they treat veterans. And there's just some information I wanted to share from last night with the passing of the colonel that I mentioned, who was such a large advocate for um, diseases related to burn pit exposure, including cancer and emphysema and uh, CPD and some, some other ailments that happen when you are exposed to it for a long time. And then last but not least, the New York education system has done something. Well, I think Chicago and New York and California are on a race for dumbest educational institution on the planet. And New York just took a few strides ahead. And I will show you the video and also tell you a little bit about how our whiteness and your whiteness And if you are one of my minority listeners, I love you just the same. And this doesn't necessarily reflect upon you, but I would hope that you maybe leave a comment and tell me what you think of the stupidity. And is there anything worse than what you're seeing that the white people are doing to placate and absolutely destroy themselves? I'll tell you what, if I was a minority, I would be laughing my ass off at white people just stepping over themselves to destroy whatever culture we have left. And as a white person, I do find it pretty funny. But 
this is disturbing and it's now impacting our kids. So we're going to talk about that tonight. But first, I figure since we were going to talk about energy and power that we would focus on creating a electrical joke in the ways of Harry Potter world. So when Hagrid flies in on his motorcycle and parks and the Dursleys are on the island and they're in the lighthouse and as it's storming outside and the waves are crashing and he bangs on the door and wakes up Harry as he celebrates and draws his birthday cake in the dirt. At some point, there is a line in the sh- in the movie, and I probably could recite it from start to finish, but it essentially says, uh, you're a wizard, Harry. And it tells, he tells Harry he's a wizard. So imagine if we're going to put it into terms of energy. So you're a unit of electrical energy, Harry. I'm a watt. I mean, I'm a what? Luminos. Uh, Knox. Lumos. Knox. Oh, God. Come on, man. Harry Potter jokes. They're class. I'm a what? Uh, uh, come on, people. You can't laugh at a Harry Potter joke. You're just not living. You're a unit of electrical energy, Harry. I'm a what? I got to get it together. Folks, welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. My name is Matthew Spear. I don't giggle very often, but that was uh, that was, that was pretty hilarious, and I, I love it. If you're not a Harry Potter fan, tough luck. That's as good as it's going to get, folks. It's not getting much better than that. I don't have any writers. It's all me, and what do we do here? Well, this is Don't Unfriend Me. Oh, before we do the sign, go ahead and head over here. And click like, share, subscribe, and follow on YouTube. There's a little envelope right below there on that side, and you can click that to subscribe. But you can also like, follow, and share. That helps out tremendously. And today we hit 7,000. 7,000 followers. I just did 5,000. I even skipped six. 7,000. I haven't even made a graphic yet. I might just wait till 10. But folks, it's an amazing journey. And I can't thank you enough for sharing and liking and subscribing. That's what does it. And that organic traffic since Facebook, I'm not even going to do the hostage thing tonight, won't allow me to advertise. I'm going to give that a rest tonight. 104 days we have been held hostage. And I'll start it again tomorrow. But we have too much to go into with this show. What do we do? Will we talk about a little bit of everything? The sign on the Don't Unfriend Me logo is a microphone with a jackass and an elephant. And that reflects the Republican and Democratic Party. But we talk more about other things. We talk about social events, media, games, movies, whatever. Whatever tickles my fancy or tickles my pickle, however you want to say it. And tonight, the three things that we're going to talk about, I had already mentioned. And we're going to dive into it right now. The Pentagon acknowledges the risk of burn pitch, burn pits, which the U.S. military has used to get rid of human food, equipment, and other waste while downrange and is looking for alternatives while pledging to do a better job tracking how exposure affects service members. But until this time, the military has not really admitted anything. They say long-term exposure isn't necessarily what happens to these soldiers, but short-term exposure does nothing. Now, here's the problem is that if we have to have a mask for coronavirus and something with 
the survival rate of that. But we have to have a mask for painting and car emissions and working with certain fumes and working with airborne pathogens and everything else. Do you think even gas masks for tear gas or, or pepper spray or anthrax or mustard gas or whatever it may be, why wouldn't we need something as noxious as JP5 jet fuel, kerosene, burning plastic, burning medical waste, and other things? Well, this is the lifelong debate. Now, the thing in the military that you do, and I did not mention last night, is that you sign your life away. And there is a little clause that you sign when you sign your papers. And it basically says you will not sue the government criminally or civilly uh, if any ill comes to you, that you will actually go through the veteran affairs or go through legal counsel of the military, which is, it's kind of fortuitous for the military, but doesn't help the actual veteran itself. And this is the dilemma. And whether it's asbestos or whether it's Agent Orange or whether it's certain vials that they put into our body to test on us or giving us certain chemicals or coming back with certain diseases that nobody could identify in Iraq or these burn pits or, 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 or the military has not been held culpable or liable for these things. And veterans have had to toe the line and go through VAs that really don't work and wait in lines that never end. And ultimately we lose lives, whether those people die waiting in line or they take their own life from depression and the pain that they're in from these diseases and these injuries that they sustained overseas. So the Veteran Affairs and the government has denied that these burn pits do any true short-term damage, but I have a lot of friends that will tell you differently. There are no plans to stop using them, though burn pits are considered something of a last resort, according to Defense Department policy. There are still nine of them in operation per an April report to Congress from the Undersecretary of Defense Acquisition and Sustainment. And despite some research into the alternatives, nothing is of ground yet. In the report, the Pentagon acknowledges that burning hazardous waste, tires, plastic, and open pits creates dangerous fumes, but that they, it is still done during the deployments if the local, oh, excuse me, let me try that again, dangerous fumes, but they, it is still done during deployments if the local combatant commander, currently they're only used in the U.S. Central Command, can't find a good alternative. Generally, use of open burning is limited to short-term contingency operations outside of the United States where no feasible alternative exists. Yes, because burying is impossible. If only we were in a desert with a whole bunch of sand and dirt, whatever will we do if we could just find a shovel? But maybe that's the problem is they don't have the $800 to spend on the hammer or the shovel because our government's out of money. Like when they stripped us all of armor planing, and they stripped us all of vehicles that weren't made out of Coke cans, so when we hit IEDs, they basically would crush and crumble into a piece of aluminum foil, and anyone contained within. But I digress. The report says, for the longer term, enduring locations, DOD uses conventional solid waste management practices. As of March, according to the report, all of the U.S. sanctioned burn pits are in the Middle East, seven in Syria, five of which are under military control, and two by contractors, one military pit in Afghanistan and one military pit in Egypt. Veterans groups have been pushing for years for the Pentagon and VA to acknowledge the danger of inhaling these fumes. The VA's official position is that research does not show evidence of long-term health problems from exposure. I seriously doubt a VA report would go against the government that funds them. 
go figure. Certainly not a conflict of interest or anything. Though advocates claim that this is based more on a lack of tracking of what's being burned and the health outcomes of those who are around them. They claim rare cancers, respiratory illness, and other health issues in Iraq and Afghanistan. Veterans are the result. There's no perfect study, but there is enough evidence to determine that there is a high enough suspicion of a link. Representative Raul Ruiz, Democratic California, good for him, said in a March press conference on the issue. We have veterans who are dying, so we have to act on that suspicion. Once again, good for you, sir, a Democrat doing something right for veterans. Shocking. The reason for the pits, which explains why there are so many more in Syria, is the small-scale, short-term nature of the operations they're supporting, with no waste management infrastructure in place or not having a shovel. Either military or local civilian, the report says, they are the next best option. Fewer than 500 people are stationed in these locations, according to the report, and they are not generally trained on waste management and may not produce enough to fit an incinerator's minimum requirements. Well, people are dying. That's a pretty strong minimum requirement to me. Open burning remains a field expedient alternative to reduce waste volume and protect the troops from disease. Once again, bury it, the report says. According to the report, the Pentagon has looked into incinerators in these locations. How about a shovel? But they take up a lot of space, require a lot of skilled maintenance and use of a lot of fuel for little return on converting waste to usable energy. What the flying f***? Shovel. Dig. Bury. Landfill. Mother. F***ing. Desert. What space? Has anyone been to the sandbox who works for the DOD? There's nothing but space. That's all it is. It's a f***ing desert. And Afghanistan is a f***ing mountainous desert. This is the games that they play, and it's with veterans' lives, and it's absolutely the most frustrating thing in the world. There is no consideration that this possibly could be doing damage to people. And considering that this is a punishment, not a corporal punishment, but it's a punishment inside the military for most people to get sanitation duty and burn piles of feces and urine. It's safe to assume that this also is a form of punishment for people who have to burn clothing or medical waste or asbestos or anything else that they decide to throw in here that JP5 burning at anywhere from 800 to 1300 degrees can consume. DOD doesn't have a supply chain for solid waste incinerators that can be taken downrange, the report says, despite significant research, design, test, and evaluation investment. No vendor or academic has been able to meet the basic DOD deployable incinerator requirements of scalability, transportability, reliability, and fuel economy, according to the report. The National Defense Center for Energy and Environment, the NDCEE, has been looking into the possibility, though, of a system that can operate with a small intermittent production of waste at these short-term outposts. Let me save you some time. It's a shovel! Until then, the report says, the Pentagon is trying to improve its procedures for monitoring burn pit smoke, reducing exposure, and documenting any effect. This is the problem with the U.S. government, and this is why we should never, ever, ever have more of it. There is a simple, common question amongst all veterans. 
Why would you continue something that is killing veterans? The average soldier, airman, sailor, costs $175,000 to train and put through a basic background investigation with a standard six-week A school if they get one at all. Some of the higher-end people, like nuclear techs, intelligence specialists, aviators, cost millions of dollars in background checks and training and school. That can last anywhere from six months to a year and a half. It's ridiculous to say that finding a shovel or a bulldozer is a difficult operation when we're moving hundreds of millions of tons of metal overseas with trains, with C-5 galaxies, and boats, and creating convoys of the sea where we couldn't throw a few bulldozers in these areas and bury the burn pits along with the garbage from now on. That's the best shovel, and guess what? It's going to cost you about fifteen to $25,000. A pretty good tech who can work on the air, filter, air filtration system and make sure it's ready for high altitude in Afghanistan and also the sandy desert. But it's a lot cheaper than wasting veterans' lives, you arrogant sons of It's the most I've cussed. I get fired up. There are some images I want to share with you, and this is disturbing, but first I'm going to show you a video. This video is the New York educational system and the new cultural awareness program that they're bringing out. Now, I want to be clear with you, both are not related. This is de Blasio, the mayor of New York, at a celebratory cultural awareness dance-off. What is up with the dancing? Can we paint a picture or sing a song or do Farm Aid again? What is up with this interpretive freaking stupidity? I've seen octopi with better moves than these people or an epileptic on crack. I want to hand him a milkshake or milk and get a milkshake. I don't understand. This is not art. I respect dancing, but it's all the same thing. And the whacked out music, it's like they borrowed it from Chicago. You guys remember the video in Chicago? I'll link it to you. It's right up here on YouTube. You'll see it. And if not, go back on Facebook and you'll see it. But this video is something to behold, and I hope you enjoy it. And please, if you find yourself tapping your foot or dancing, please do me a favor and hold your breath for 15 minutes. And if that doesn't work, do it for 20 and wait longer. We need a recovery that brings back the life and the heart and the energy of this city and that everyone gets to be a part of. And we're going to do that. We're going to really bring back the heart and soul of New York City. We need our arts and culture back and we need people to see it and feel it, to participate in it, to know that that essence of New York City has not been defeated by the coronavirus, but will come back strong in 2021. Month after month in 2021, as you see the city come back to life, culture will lead the way. Open culture is another step towards a recovery for our city. We're launching with 115 street locations in all five boroughs, and it brings stations to our neighborhoods and culture to the heart of our neighbors, and give artists, cultural institutions, and creatives a place to showcase their talents as they recover from the pandemic. Our cultural community is our conscience, our cultural community is our hope, and our identity as New Yorkers. What in the nine? Oh. 
45, 46,000 dead and you're hoping culture comes back. Well, maybe not allowing that many people to die and not bringing COVID patients, a Cuomo, into nursing homes would have been a good start. Culture. New York has culture coming out of its ass. It doesn't need cultural awareness. What it needs is strong solutions to help the economy of New York and the people fleeing its outrageous taxes and cost of living and its horrible, horrendous, abhorrent school systems. And if you think I'm crazy, I'm going to tell you why. Because this was actually sent out to white parents. I have made correlation to Nazi Germany quite a few times over the last few weeks. And I guarantee there are listeners who say, oh, Matt's taking it too far. Am I? Am I? Really? Sending out specific propaganda to white parents. It sounds very, very familiar. An image of the eight white identities was purportedly and reportedly sent to white parents by the principal of a New York public school, urging them to become white traitors. Aaron Perry, February 16, 2021, 12.44 p.m. A principal of a New York City public school sent out the eight white identities, encouraging them to become white abolitionists and white traitors on the new-founded scale. Parents with children at Eastside Community School in the Big Apple reportedly received the graphic as part of a call to action. It de- as a Bed Bath & Beyond 20% off coupons and hiring a new life counselor weren't enough. Oh, and a few Pornhub or 19776harrymexicans.com. Those call to actions weren't enough. Now we have to find out about white guilt at the same time. Fantastic. I have a new spam folder and it's going to get full awfully quick. The eight white identities that label Caucasians as being somewhere between white supremacists and white abolitionists. That was created by Barner Hesse. Not Hussey, Hesse. An associate professor at Northwestern University. Just another school that my family will not be going to. The eight white identities, there is a regime of whiteness, and there are action-orientated white identities. The graphic reads, people who identify with whiteness are one of these. It's about time we build an ethnography ethnography of whiteness, since white people have been the ones writing about and governing others. Too many, this graphic appears to be racist as it attempts to categorize each white person. Imagine a similar chart about a minority group being peddled by a public school principal. And can you imagine what the outrage would be? Can you imagine the screaming that would take place? Can you imagine the riots and how many fires would happen if this did happen? But this new language is all about public education. Rufo said in the tweet below. However, there are those who are praising it. Graphic labels, white people, white supremacist, white voyeurism, white privilege are in the red section of the chart. A white voyeur enjoys black culture without the burden of blackness. It's, 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 it's so difficult to escape my lips and not vomit at this This would presumably be a white person listening to rap music. Well, I guess I'm a white voyeur. 
So the next time I am peeping at my neighbor and being a complete creeper with my binoculars, I will simply say, no, 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 no. I am a white voyeur because I'm listening to Eminem. Damn it. Eminem isn't black. Take me to jail. The white identities, white benefit, and white confessional are in the yellow zone. You're in the yellow zone, Betty. Don't start that loading shit with me. Is this because I had an abortion? Watch Airplane, folks. It's funny. That apparently, you weren't listening to this anyway, so don't sit here and go, God, will you just read it, Matt? That apparently signifies progress with much more work to be done, according to these far left-wing activist educators. Privately sympathizing with issues people of color deal with falls under the category of white benefit. Some exposure to whiteness takes place, but as a way of being accountable to POC, people of color, after describes white confessional people in this category need to seek validation from minorities. The green zone of this principle's inflammatory graphic includes white critical, white traitor, and white abolitionists. White identities, someone in the white critical category, criticizes whiteness. A white traitor subverts white authority and attempts to dismantle institutions. And a white abolitionist follows through with dismantling whiteness and refuses to allow it to reassert itself. In recent years, there has been a push not to label and categorize people, particularly according to race. But it seems to be going by the wayside now. I have said it many times, feminism, racism, it doesn't matter, sexism. The people in power make the rules, and the people in power, it corrupts. And I don't care if you're white, black, brown, peace sitting down or standing up. When you get power, you will do the same thing that the previous people were in power, and you will usurp the power that you have. And that is what power does. It corrupts. Anyone who's seen Spider-Man knows that. And everyone, is they succumb to it. Nobody can stay away from it. I want you to name a leader who hasn't become absolutely drunk with the power that they possess. Name one. Even our own president of the United States. Look at Joe Biden. How many executive orders has he done? Even though he said that it was essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, that you're a dictator if you use executive orders in the manners that he does to write law and policy. That's exactly what he's done 46 times. We need to understand that this labeling is dangerous. Also calling all Trump supporters supporters racist is dangerous. Calling all BLM Antifa is dangerous. Calling liberals leftists and calling conservatives alt-right is also dangerous. We have an obligation to treat each other with respect. And I don't care what color you are. You have no right to send this to my family and my kids and to teach them this. Because all you're doing is like when you're teaching them that they have to feel their white guilt for something that they were not a part of. They're too damn young to understand the inequities of man. You can teach them, but teach them the correct way. Teach them to learn with compassion and love and caring and not fear and prejudice. Because racism is a learnt behavior. And we are teaching a generation of people how to be afraid of white people and how to admonish black people. Enough's enough. Keep your social justice crap out of our schools and teach our kids what they need to learn to survive, not what they need to live in fear. About 3.6 million homes and businesses were without power in Texas on Tuesday afternoon as a result of freezing temperatures. 
and a deadly winter. So much for that global warming. It's actually not global warming. It's climate change. So therefore, since it got cold, climate change is real. Yes, climate change happens every season. Absolutely agree with you, 100%. In a deadly winter storm that swept into the state earlier this week, the entire state saw temperatures below freezing during at least parts of Monday and Tuesday, and utilities have been knocked out or frozen over by the bitter cold, leaving many without primary means of heating their homes. Officials have said some utilities' ability to generate the power has been frozen, including natural gas and coal generators. The Electric Reliability Council of Texas, which is an oxymoron because they're about as reliable as a, as a dental floss high wire, a grid operator that controls about 90% of the state's electrical loads said intentional rolling power blackouts will happen in the parts of the state to balance huge demand with struggling supply. ERCOT said it expected to restore electricity service to customers Tuesday afternoon, but the amount we will restore depends on how much generation is actually able to come online. You see, here's the problem. is Texas relies on a certain level and a certain amount of power. And it's interesting when you listen to how much they actually consume. Texas is a massive exporter of energy. And you would think that because of that, they would be okay during these times. However, their state is not used to this bitter cold, and these systems were not built to resist against it. Gas makes up almost 40% of their energy consumption. Wind is 23%. The wind generators and the gas productivity has been dwindled down to zero on the wind and actually almost 13% lower on gas. Coal, 18%. Nuclear also requires water, but water is frozen over. And because of that, they cannot run full nuclear capabilities. And then other sources of energy, Texas pride basically, is the rest. The problems are it's not designed to handle these unusual conditions, and they weren't built that way. And like most things government ran in big corporations, they were built by the lowest common denominator in dollar and shipped from overseas. This is why you don't see those problems in Denmark, because they actually invest large amounts of money into the research and buy the highest quality, because that is not where you cut your budget. You cut your budget on gross expenditures, not necessary expenditures. Texas is number one in natural gas, oil, and wind, but find themselves in a situation, although they are robust and export more energy than any other state, they are struggling to handle the interior of their state during this crisis. It even begs the question of why we're shutting down pipelines and shouldn't we, bringing, shouldn't we be bringing more energy into the surrounding states so the burden can be taken off Texas and maybe, just maybe, they could upgrade their systems. Because if another situation happens like this, more people will die. I have friends and families whose pools are basically being completely iced over. The plaster will be cracked. The, uh, the, the, the pumps and the systems are completely frozen over and essentially gone and dead. It's not designed for that. A lot of that's made out of PVC and they will crack and they will break and they will be useless once it thaws. Now, you might consider that a first world problem, but these people have a lot of money. And when you live in the butthole of the earth and Satan's ass, which is 120 degrees and humidity is 375%, and it's basically like taking a shower 24 hours a day in the Amazon, you need a pool. But it's not just that. These homes are not designed for that. These homes are not built to withstand super cold weather. And these people are freezing and they're having to boil their water and they don't have food. And it's terrifying for people who don't even have cold weather gear and somebody should be doing something. Where's FEMA? Where's Joe Biden? 
And where's the government? Because if this was Donald Trump, the headline would read, Donald Trump, hell freezes over in Texas as he abandons his Trumpites. That would be the headline. But nobody's saying word one with Biden. It's not just wind power there too, although that is a large property. It's the natural gas lines. And when we're cutting and creating more regulation against importing and exporting of energy, how is this going to help Texas in the long run? Texas relies on fossil fuels for most of its power, as I said, but they are isolated from the national grid. And this is why we should help Texas become energy independent for itself, because it has helped the rest of the United States do that. But instead, we raise taxes, we limit its power, we put on regulations, and that is the entire economy. Oil and gas, and so goes Texas. And if you throttle it with regulation and stop building pipelines and not allowing them to renovate and actually upgrade these systems to be weatherproof, hurricane-proof, storm-proof, and everything else-proof, then you're putting our energy independence as the United States in jeopardy. But once again, the government can't get out of its own way. And if they would just pull their heads out of their asses for just a few minutes, they might be able to see this. I hope my friends are okay. I hope that maybe if you don't have a swimming pool, you can go ice skating. And I did see the quarter of an inch of snow you got, and it's very cute. I will tell you, Texas, you have to be excited. And I remember the first time it snowed in Houston, and it was awesome. Try to make the best of it. Keep each other warm. And remember, a tip from somebody who knows a little bit about cold weather climate is you may not want to put your food outside because the fluctuation in temperatures and the ambient temperatures from your house or your deck might warm your food up to a point of bacteria growing. You can certainly put bowls of water outside and within a matter of minutes will be frozen and bring that in and store it in your refrigerator. And when the bowl thaws, you would dump it out, rinse and repeat. Maybe that'll help you keep your food fresh. Folks, I hope you're okay. I hope you're safe. And remember, if I can do anything in Virginia, let me know. But it's going to hit us soon, and we're supposed to get dumped on a pretty heavy amount. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. It was honest. It was open. And once again, if you don't like it, that's fine. Just don't unfriend me. You can do me a favor, like, follow, share, and subscribe again. Go to YouTube in that little envelope in the lower right-hand corner. Click that to subscribe. And remember, share, like, follow, comment. I want to hear your opinions. If you think it sucked, tell me why so I can ban you. I'm just kidding. And if you liked it, also tell me why so I can go ahead and revel in my glory as a master of the podcast universe. Folks, Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Traumatic brain injury, anxiety, stress, PTS, depression. These are things that veterans are facing every single day. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It's way too many. Please reach out to a veteran. If you recognize these signs, if you can't, you can reach out to me. I'll make that call with you. It is important to help our brothers and sisters connect those dots and get them talking. If you do not have the ability to do so, please send them to my website, www.donunfriendme.com. They can click on the VCL link and immediately be directed free of charge to a Skype conference call with a VCL counselor. It would mean a great deal and thank you. And remember this, you don't just have to be a veteran to take advantage of this. Anyone can call the Veteran Crisis Hotline if you need help. Though, I don't know what I was going to say. So folks, that's it. Thank you so much. Episode 103. I will see you tomorrow for 104. Go Abs tonight. They played a good game against the Golden Knights. Let's see if they can do it again a little more healthy and with the rust knocked off. See everybody. Remember, go see somebody who you turned into a unfriend. Go ask a Trump supporter if they're doing okay. Go talk to a Biden supporter. 
We got to get back to bringing each other back. We got to get into the circle again. We got to stop pushing people away, creating a vacuum and hearing our own voices. It's time for us to heal and come back together as a country. Yes, Joe Biden is the president, but it's nobody's fault but the people who voted for him. Well, maybe we'll wait a couple months to bring him back in our circle. Thanks so much, everybody. Good night. Thanks for watching Don't Unfriend Me, everybody. I want to recommend Alex from Aleko's Design. He works on all of my video and graphic design, and he is amazing. Please give him a shot. Please head on over to his website at www.alekosdesigns.com. And one more quick thing before we go, folks. Still Point does the music intro for the show. They are listeners. They are fans, and we absolutely love them. Special thanks that amazing song and you can hear citizen soldier at reverbnation.com slash still point <laughs>